The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to the Yellow Block on the TalkSport Fan Network. Out of the League Cup, but unbeaten in six in the league and back into the playoffs. Joining me to discuss the last couple of weeks again is Mr. Jared Farmer. Sorry, my mood got stuck. Good evening, Timothy. He's having a few issues pressing the space bar there, despite it being the big long key and the bottom of the keyboard. Listen, last time you told me what button to press, it locked me up for like three weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. You, you were having sound issues, weren't you? I was like, just press Alt and F4 and it will fix it. And he disappeared, never came back. I've also got who I'm, I'm going to assume is more computer literate, uh, Mr. Sam Edwards. Hello. Yeah, you say that, but I've just realised for the first time that I can make us all full screen on my laptop. So yeah, <laughs> this I is very true. To... <laughs> you were very excited about the fact that you discovered that. So yeah, it was, a, it was a, an unplanned segue between technology there. Actually, so last week's episode was what time does Sam Edwards wake up? How computer literate is Sam Edwards? Could be potentially this this title. I don't know. Will. Yeah, I guess that's all fine as long as we don't start to get a bit more personal and say what's Sam Edwards' national insurance number. And... <laughs> Start to give away key information. That would be, just, that would be good. We just need the three numbers off the back of your card. Uh, Sam. <laughs> okay, Tim. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. Oh, actually, Sam, it's just uh, just occurred to me. Uh, one thing I do need to talk to you about, um, I know I shared this with you uh, privately the other day, but uh, Rugby Services on the M6 has been named the uh, best motorway services in the UK for the second year running. Well, I, I think you know my opinions on this, Tim. And as long as it's not Bridgewater, then... <laughs> I think we're fine. I mean, rugby is a sensational services, and actually, Jared, I think you were the one that turned me on to rugby services because you shared me. You shared a picture. This is before I lived this way. You shared a picture of the pun above the door, and I thought that's hilarious. I need to visit the services, and therefore, my love affair with the M6 at that point started. Do you remember that? Glad I inspired you, Tim. You, you inspire me in many, many ways, Jared. If it wasn't for you. I would never have reached the lofty heights of host of the season um, because basically what I did is I I modelled myself on you and, and decided to do everything completely opposite. And evidently so far, it's it's come to fruition. So that's good. Briefly, briefly. Briefly, just for the one year. I reckon it's uh, Mr. Edwards' title this year, but it's only October. Well, if you keep naming every podcast after the man. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that a bit of jealousy there from Jerry? It sounded like it, didn't it? His, his eyes went green for a little bit there. <laughs> Obviously, we did get the message of Lady Caffey's passing prior to the uh, Lincoln game at the weekend. And, of course, as a pod, all of us here extend our thoughts and condolences to Darren and the entire Ferguson family. Uh, let's talk football then, shall we? Let's start with the weekend just gone. The mighty posh two, Lincoln nil. Uh, this was, I suppose, as far as we can get this season, an attacking... What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh 
brain no not brainstorm uh, an attacking barn what Tam, help me find some words it was a good attacking performance no. right <laughs> i'm just watching your your vote share for host of the host of the year <laughs> plummet so i mean we played happy, no we played keep well going, tim what's the word we, keep looking we played for word. we played well and attacking good we did do we did yoda yeah we did um yeah good 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 to pull it out in the in the second half and i think just one of those ones you can put down to a good victory and a couple of good victories at at home now as well so um nice to see that that solid performance with with the with the consecutive clean sheets at home and um yeah good we've had a bit of a a run of it now haven't we with people getting getting on the score sheet who haven't previously before so obviously Ronnie Edwards got his first goal um Recently, Collins got his first, obviously, in a much shorter time frame. Adger Boy's got a couple in the league now. Um, and, you know, great to see Joel Randall get on the score sheet as well. The real sort of icing on the cake from Posh. I mean, I, I know we've talked, haven't we, a bit tongue-in-cheek at times about how he's been been bigged up as the poster boy and trying to promote the shirt sales and... and um, really put him front and center but it's good to see him chipping in with assists and now with a with a goal in the league so you know hope that not just the victory but the boost it gives to him is is sort of worth a bit more on top of that as well chipping in with the assist i see what you've you've done there you've let me die on that hill and you've come out with these uh, incredible adjectives early on i like it jared one thing that i did think about with you after the game at the weekend was the fact that obviously Adjie Boy scored great goal, brilliant for the lad. Uh, but the, the posh uh, social media have uh, basically ran with Adjie Boom as the uh, nickname going forward. I know you'll be a huge fan of the fact that they've uh, made this cheesy, corny take on his name with that goal. You make me sound like the most miserable man in the world. Probably am to be fair. Don't expect any like what's the big, word? big words. <laughs> Yeah, don't expect any good vocabulary from myself. It's not, it's not there. It doesn't exist. Um, you know, it was a good game. I think first half we were a little bit sloppy. I don't think we could string many passes together. But yeah, Adjaboyi, what a finish that was. That was a seriously, seriously good goal. And good for, um, like Sam said, good for Randall to get himself on the on the books as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, he's not been starting recently, has he? So it was good to see him come on. Um, his confidence isn't going, clearly. Um, and yeah, that should do him the world of good going forward. Yeah, I know we need to talk about the Chester game in between, but just focusing on those two home games, I feel like there was a, a lot of resonance between the two the two games, so the, the Brovers game and the Lincoln City game, whereby we were good going forward and it kind of felt like we were good rather than the opposition were poor, certainly more so with the with the Lincoln City game. And I think it ended up being like two shots on target from the opposition across both of those games. I'm pretty sure we, we didn't let Lincoln have a single shot on target uh, and Rovers only had two. And we always looked in control, I think, of both games, really. And that's a that's a change in the right direction, isn't it? I, I know we need to talk Carlisle, but just focusing on those two, could we really ask for much more out of them too? It's two clean sheets, two good attacking performances. feels like it's starting to click up run a little bit now yeah I, th I think when we were speaking after the Bolton game weren't we before this run of three we were saying what would be a good return and I think you know if you're thinking about top two it needs to be nine from that run of fixtures we which thinking... I would just like to add I did say would happen and were it not for a fluky last minute kick at Carlisle would have played out just you know just saying. yeah but it but it didn't happen so you're not right <laughs> ridiculous yeah, thanks to yeah, I can see Jared shaking his head as well. That was an outrageous attempt, Tim. Um, <laughs> and we were saying seven would be, you know, probably, you know, it, where we would expect, but p possibly how posh are four maybe. So I think fair credit to, to come out with the seven. I think that's a really good, healthy return. Um, yes, obviously could have been better with the late goal at Carlisle. But then we've had our fair share of deflected goals help us, haven't we? The Collins one against Bristol Rovers and obviously the Clark Harris free kick against Mansfield. So, you know, that that's the luck sometimes. And that's why it's always worth shooting if there's not much else on because it can deflect and, and go in anywhere. But yeah, two two solid home performances and that six-game unbeaten run in the league, as you said, Tim, there's a, a little bit of momentum gathering here. And this is normally a time of the season that we see Posh start to slip and fall off so it's quite refreshing to see us pick up a bit of form through October 
Do you think Fergie's been a bit of a uh, virtuous, virtue? Oh, fuck off. It's not happening. Do you think Fergie's improved over these oh, last couple of fuck's sake. Bollocks. I was trying to get a big word in, and it's ah, uh, it, it, Sam, we Fergie's done well, right? Can we keep all that in? Well, you know, Danny will keep it in, so yeah, I, I was trying to say, but I can't even say it now. Do you know what, Jared, you're hosting. It's over to you, Farmer. This is because you've bullied me for far too long, and this is what karma <laughs> is. It's coming back round. Have a drink, buddy. You have a little. I can't even blame it being a long day. <laughs> you try again. Fergie's played. No, fuck off. <laughs> too busy focusing on getting your mansion as your background picture. Yeah. Go and play the piano for us. That's what it is. It's the background. It's the background. That's what I'm blaming. It's thrown you. That and all your weird. All your weird AI photos that you keep sending through to us. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they scary, though? Like, genuinely, because all I did was give AI four pictures of me, and from that, it produced, like, 60 photos. And most of them, you would look at me and go, that's Tim. I find that really odd, don't you think? Because it's like, you could use that for really nefarious reasons. In completely unrelated news, you're being frauded now on the other side of the world by someone who's got access to your image that you uploaded to the internet. and it's... Pro- Probably, because the app is registered to the Korean Republic as well, genuinely. So, But I'm okay with that. I don't mind. if Nobody's somebody... using your images, Tim. <laughs> How do you know? There might be some, like, you know, grey-haired old person dating website that would think me as a catch. You never know. I don't know. Anyway, back was to the, the point. What was the original oh, question? Uh, Fergie's done well, hasn't he? He has, yes. No, I think <laughs> <laughs> done. End of question. Finally, yeah. I th- I think he deserves an awful lot of credit. You know, it's 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 weird because on one hand I'm thinking I shouldn't be that happy because of the late goal at Carlisle, albeit a deflection, as as we've said, and obviously the game against Mansfield and how we threw that away. And you know, we will n- we will not for a long time get such a good chance of potentially being in the quarterfinals with that draw. Like I know you can't be disrespectful to to, to Port Vale. Um but I mean come on, when are you ever going to get Swindon, Portsmouth, Mansfield and Port Vale as a potential run to the last eight of an English Cup competition? I mean, we absolutely threw that away and I'm still so angry about that. But then we're six games unbeaten and a lot of the predictions at the start of the season, and yes, there's a long way to go, and I know, were that, that we would really struggle. And I think the most optimistic of the of the predictions was sort of eighth. Um, and here we are in in fourth and we played some of those those big teams at the top as well. That's a Bolton, Portsmouth too. And, you know, I think that is reason then to be to be optimistic and happy. And then you think about the number of points we've thrown away when we've taken the lead as well. So... I don't really know how to feel, but I do certainly feel that I think Fergie's doing a really, really good job considering everyone's thoughts and predictions at the start of the season. Yeah, I've got. A, I'm on the EFL debate uh, this week, and as part of their prep, they've asked me to kind of prepare how I feel about this season. I might just pretty much just quote you directly there, Sam. Obviously, I'll pass it off as, as my own work. Yeah, use AI and you'll be fine. It, I mean, but you've summed it up. It's a, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Because... It's such a mixture of emotions this season because you're absolutely right. Our expectations were low, so we should be absolutely on cloud nine. But I'm really struggling to get overexcited about everything that's happening. It's really strange. We're on a great run. We've looked good for the last two home games, but I completely agree with you about the um, the League Cup. I, th- I thought that was the whole Christy Pym narrative in there as well was was obviously frustrating, but. The point you make is is the the key one, which is you'd like to think we could have got past Port Vale, and then you're in a the the last eight would have been eight big teams because the rest of the draw is all big teams pretty much at this point now. So you know you're looking at a real opportunity there. I know you don't know that when you beat Mansfield, but I don't know. I just we've we've yeah we've blown out. And it's things like that that just seem to be putting a bit of a dampener on what should be a we should be flying high at the minute based on preseason. And uh, I, I can only imagine how some people in Posh were thinking when we threw that away, both with that late penalty and then in the penalty shootout, having got back into it. Because that potential run, if you do do go on and get to the quarterfinals, I mean, that's worth a lot of money to the club and we know they need it. So, yeah, I can imagine there's quite a few people who are still stewing over that one. We did um, We did hear some rather harsh words 
from Fergie after that one. He's not actually been that angry since he last spoke to you, Sam, uh, to be fair. So uh, it was... Um, it <laughs> was, was it hard, or was it just... It was fact. I, I, well, I, I, it, he went back on it. I just... It was strong, but it's what we were all thinking. I, yeah. I, I, I should have gone back on it. It is a weird one, isn't it? Because he, I messaged a, a friend of mine the following day who's not a... If I know, he messaged me. He's not a, a posh fan. And he messaged me saying, oh, I see your manager's been uh, throwing his toys out the pram. But then when you read it, it's like, well, you can't really disagree with anything he said, really, can you? But is it... I think it was uh, Top Knot in our group chat that said, is it professional and right for a manager to to out his players like that? It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a... Uh, the owner does it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose that I suppose that's true. But then it's his train set. Well, yeah, but we, we, moan at, we moan at managers. Oh, I certainly do. When they come out, when you you say if you played absolutely horrendously, and they come out, oh, there was good patterns of play. There wasn't. It was shit. We don't like when managers do that. So why not be honest? We did choke. We bottled it. That's what happened. Move on. Yeah, and I, I mean, it did ultimately get a re response because. Both the Bristol Rovers game and the Lincoln game were, you know, one nil up until relatively late in the game. And actually, we in both cases we then went on to find that second goal and secure the game. So that's maybe an improvement because perhaps maybe a month ago we would have gone on to either draw or lose those games. Maybe so. Maybe did it have a, an impact? I don't know. I mean, it's being a bottled job something you can. I don't feel like that's something you can practice or train for or change or you've either got that mentality where you can't see out games or you do have that mentality. Am I, I don't know. Is it that simple? Is it the dressing room? I don't know. It's a difficult one. Isn't it? I mean, some of the squad have left. We were calling some of them bottle jobs last year. Obviously, some of them have gone. I think whether it's a mentality thing, I'm not sure, but it can happen to all, all teams, can't it? It's not... Um, I don't think it's not just posh. A lot of teams choke. I mean, us maybe more than others. I don't want to think about last season. But yeah, it was a bit of a rinse and repeat of that, weren't it? And it, yeah, it must come down to a mentality, a weakness in there, I suppose. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and just, I suppose, wrapping up with that uh, Lincoln game as well, I think what we did uh, see a little bit more tactically, perhaps, was uh, a, a change in terms of it wasn't, everything wasn't down the left was a little bit more kind of split. Uh, I know that's in no way related to being bottle jobs of what Fergie said after the um, after the Mansfield game, but it does feel like something's changed over the last couple of weeks, whether that be a mentality shift from the players or tactically from Fergie. I don't know. Things just feel like they're clicking just a, just a little bit more, maybe. Oh, I'm clutching at straws maybe there with um, what I'm looking for. I don't know. Maybe that's just passion and you know fire in the belly that we want to see from Darren. As as Jared said, I'd be extremely concerned if he came out after that and batted it away. Like he, I think he summed up how the fans were thinking, how they're feeling. Maybe he's used that, you know, in the past past couple of games to, to to drive on, and we have seen a good reaction from Posh as a result of it. So that's a positive sign that they, you know, that that they've taken that. Um, and it's a funny industry, isn't it? You know, no one likes to be berated in the public eye for doing their job. You know, Tim, after a rubber shift, you wouldn't come out and just, you know, absolutely criticise the rest of the rest of your team. I mean, you don't obviously really have a platform to do it um, because someone's not shoving a microphone underneath your mouth at the end of a, of a tough shift. So, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm the same as Jared. I think it's refreshing to see that non-monotonous vanilla bland post-match interview um and and sure you might you might agree or you know disagree and think he went a bit too far um but it was it was such you know to get back into the lead and then throw it away like that and then in the penalty shootout um I mean I know you don't have extra time so you've not got a chance to to win it there um and and penalty shootout is a lottery but it's just I mean (laughs) You look at the penalties and you think, you know, Clark, Clark Harris, he was just a bit in the way, wasn't he? It was a bit of a bumble, a bit of a, you know, just bundled him over. So it's not like he's like dived in or we've not cleared the ball, which going back to your question about the psychology, I think, yes, there is a massive psychological part to it. And if you have the money, you can pay for a psychology coach. I know, I know people do. Um, and you can train that desire and that will to win. But then a lot of it is, you know, inside you, isn't it? It's It's what separates the, for example great tennis players from the average tennis players that just innate desire to win 
but then there are practical elements with game management where you place the ball you know what you do with it around the edge of your own box not diving in those kind of things but um i don't really think any of that was necessarily in that mansfield game it was unfortunate with that moment but still so frustrating do you think uh, there was an element of christy pym getting in his head and that's why the frustration came out after the game quite possibly i mean that i, I remember doing the interview with darren um the game, I want to say Derby, but I'm not sure if it is Derby. I can't remember what the game was now after it all happened. And he was saying he'll never play for the club again. You know, you could see that in his eyes, the, the almost, you know, maybe not quite hatred, maybe that's a bit strong, but the real, real passion in what he was saying. Um, and I know there were sort of unsavory scenes as well at the time. And then um, he posted on Instagram, didn't he, Christy Pym, when Posh, bottled it against Sheffield Wednesday so there's a lot of yeah. venom there in that relationship yeah, yeah. you just knew that he was going to be the one to have the last laugh against yeah. Mansfield yeah I just wondered if maybe that was why he was so pissed I mean I'm sure there's the whole fact about the fact you know there was an, a route to the quarters but obviously we didn't know it was going to be Paul Verde in the next round at that point I don't know I just wonder if if that's a different goalkeeper whether we get a different interview from Pim after that uh, from Fergie sorry after that game um, I understand they, they were going to interview Pim, but they couldn't find a, a microphone small enough. And every time they gave it to him, he dropped it. But uh, it was, um, yeah, it was a frustrating evening. Um, interestingly, Joey Barton had some quite choice words for his players uh, after the uh, their, after the game against Posh at, at London Road. He wasn't particularly happy with the way that his team lacked any kind of fight or composure against, against Posh. With that uh, Bristol Rovers game, do, do you... See, this was weird because it kind of felt like Brovers never really turned up. They, they had a couple of little moments, but they never... I was really just... Normally, Joey Barton teams are really well-organised uh, and difficult to break down and compact. And there was none of that. It was... I don't know. Was it... Were Posh just too good for him? I, I, it didn't really feel like that sort of game. Yeah, did you hear his interview afterwards? Ludicrous. He was saying, he was, you know, they were by far the better team. I don't think they offered much at all. Um, yeah, we... We we weren't didn't play that well either. To be fair, but again against a Joey Barton team, you don't need to come out of second gear, do you? Can I just Sorry. can I just pick, can I just pick you up on something, Tim? And I want to want to get Jared's thought on this. Jared, what are your thoughts on on, on Tim calling them Brovers all the time? What's <laughs> what's this about? Because it does I don't like it, but I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm massively uncomfortable with it as well. <laughs> does it? Is it like the word moist? Is it like Brovers? Is just it make you tingle? Does it? No. No, no, I just as well, didn't you? Like, said what did you, say? you didn't say Cheltenham, you said you narrowed that down as well. Carlisle, no, you dick. You said well, I think you said Chester instead of Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. did I? Yeah. Well, it's, it's all up that way, isn't it? It's, it's, it's all northwestern stuff. So that was his background getting, getting I like how just again. because you've been absolutely ruining me, you just fall into bits and I'm enjoying everything. Mate, it's, a, it's a disaster. I might just like get Danny to do what he did with that Charlton pod a couple of years ago where. He just deletes it before he publishes it. No, <laughs> Obviously, we're over that now. <laughs> yeah, that was Danny. It. Good luck. Got your work cut out. Yeah, yeah. not not a, not a fan. Not a fan of this Brovers business, Tim. I don't know where oh. this has come from, but if we could politely ask that it stops, me and Jared would be okay. It's not big and it's going cool. Well, I'm just taking a leaf out of Top Knot's book because you know how he likes to shorten everything. Um, I'm basically just he he can't take anything out of it. He's got a man bum. Don't follow yeah. these footsteps. You're right. You're right, Jared. I'm better than this. Um, Come on, case, Tim. Accountability. Don't no, pass you're... blame on to others. No, you're right, Sam. That's very. That's very wrong of me because you know I love. I love Dan. You know I do. We we are very very similar in terms of our outlook on football. Uh, so you're right. I don't need to. I, I can need to earn his respect in other ways. So it was Peter United two Bristol Rovers uh, nil, um, and actually it was. I, I I agree with you, Jared. I think this was a game where we. We never really seemed to get out of the second gear, but maybe it was just a case of perhaps we didn't because, um, you know, Brovers didn't need us to. So it was, yeah, it was a, it's another three points <laughs> on the tally. <laughs> it's, no, because I need to know what other people think now. Uh, let us know on social media. Is it Bristol Rovers? or I think Brovers is perfectly acceptable. I see no issue with that at all. Uh, it's, it's is it for City as well? No, see that they're they're Bristol, right? They're they're they well, they're can take the Bristol clown clown. Oh, fucking hell, what is happening? <laughs> they can take the Bristol crown. 
Uh, and that's why we've got Brovers. Otherwise, you have to specify which Bristol you're on about each time. Well, Bristol sitting in our league, so. Well, no, but you, you still talk about them, don't you? So, Bristol is Bristol City and Brovers is Bristol Rovers. I've never even heard it apart from you. Well, I mean, it's on the script, so I'm going with it. Whether it's my doing or not, is Brovers is how it's going to be from here. And I'm sorry, but I'm putting my foot down. As over the season, I'm afforded certain uh, moments of authority, and this is one of them. Um, it is Brovers. It's, it's, it's a, an acceptable, socially acceptable term for Bristol Rovers, I believe. Get a poll out, Danny. <laughs> Can't get a poll out on social media. Uh, Bristol Rovers or Brovers. No, because there's nothing wrong with that. It's not nothing, words like moist and stuff, or uh, you know, stuff like that. I can I can get why they they get to people, but there's nothing wrong with Rovers. So shushy buttonhole. It's staying as it is. Uh, Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Carlisle, not Chester one, posh one, was wedged in between all of that. And, you know, this is really frustrating, Sam, because you're talking about the frustrating results we've had. This is one of them because we were the better team and I'm not doing a Joey Parton. We were the better team. We attacked really well. We defended really, really well. Um, we were just really unlucky with this, I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's... if. You... One of those goals in the 96th minute where you can not get so annoyed about because it is a bit of a hit and hope from them and there's not really much we could have done about it. You know, it's not like we've let them get into a favourable position. We've cleared the first ball into the box as well. So um, they've just obviously done what you sometimes do late on in the game. You hit it and you hope and their hope turned into a goal. So... Yeah, hard to have, you know, other than you could say, oh, well, that's why you want to go, you know, two in front. Um, but I think in the context of those three games since we last recorded, yes, it's a disappointing two points drop because of where we were, but it's a good, you know, it's a, it's a good solid seven points um, from, from those three games. So, yeah, hard to occupy too much of my my sort of anger or energy, really, in in that context. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, we won't talk too much about Mansfield because it, it's a sore subject, and I feel like we've we've covered it uh, in terms of how frustrating that was. In terms of the table, we're actually fifth. Uh, however, we couldn't be any more close to Steve Evans' uh, Stevenage, so we have played the exact same number of games, won the same, drawn the same, lost the same. Our goal difference is the same. We've scored the same, conceded the game at same, of the same amount of points. However, we are in better form. Uh, so currently the top six of League One looks like. So Portsmouth and Oxford are both flying uh, and beaten in the last million games. They both sit uh, first and second respectively. And then Barnsley, Stevenage, Posh and Bolton make up the playoffs. Interestingly, though, we talk about Stevenage. Big rumours that Steve Evans is about to be offered the Sheffield Wednesday job. There's also links with the... Um, Gillingham job. I'm not entirely sure why he would drop back down to Gillingham, but in any case, there we are. Uh, so Big Steve might be off again, potentially soon. But like we were saying earlier, it feels a bit, it feels like a bit of imposter syndrome, the fact that we're kind of talking about where we are in the playoffs, considering, like you said, Sam, we kind of, the best we hoped for was like 8th or ninth, really. Yeah. I mean, we did also say, didn't we, that there's sort of a couple of opportunities to be grabbed this season. There's no one who's really standing out at us in terms of, uh, you know, a, an overwhelming team 
um, to go on and, and do well. You know, Wigan with their points deduction, obviously Derby and Bolton were the two that we were we were sort of talking about. Um, and Derby haven't been haven't been as great. Wigan had a strong start, but are still languishing down because of their points deduction. You're always going to look at Reading, but again, they they're so weak off the field at the moment, and that's hitting them. So, you know, the team's sort of coming down. There was that real opportunity, and you know Oxford have obviously done done phenomenally well, and it's just been a bit weird, hasn't it? You know Barnsley going and winning seven 0 first game of the season against Port Vale, then struggling, and Port Vale were top for a, for a brief period. Yeah. So I think that probably goes to show that that you know what we're eleven twelve games in, and you know that there is that opportunity there, even with sort of a, a weaker squad for for any of the teams, um, and it is. Yeah, I was just 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 having a look, and you know we've taken the lead in ten. We'll scored first, sorry, scored the first goal in the game of ten of the twelve games. No one else has done that as many as that. We're top in that regard, but then our conversion on that, you know, isn't isn't great. I mean, you obviously the more you do it, the 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 more you're going to not win because you know you're more likely to just win one if you score first than than all ten. But um, Oxford and Portsmouth have done it in all the games where they've scored first and. You know, we've we've gone on and drawn three and, and lost two, so some big points dropped there. So it could be even better. But then, hey, that's why people don't have perfect seasons because there's always things that don't work out so well. But um, yeah, it's probably playing to that that narrative that that there is there are a couple of gaps there here, um, for 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 teams like Posh to mm. to take come the end of the season. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like Pep Guardiola, but the, the league isn't you know won or lost in in October. Um, I say it was slightly more normal accent. Well, not normal, that's not fair, but a slightly more British accent than, than Guardiola <laughs> does. He would say it a lot more sexy and suave than I would. Um, interesting, though, there's only six or well, two wins separating third, uh, where we find Barnsley, and 11th, where we find Exeter. Six points between those two, so it is tight at the top. Um, enough of the season has been played, though, Jared, that we, we can start looking at this now. I mean, I feel like we can go on a run. We, we, we're on an enforced two-week break now because the Wigan game has been called off because of international call-ups. And it's frustrating in many ways because Wigan are 23rd. They've lost four of their last five. They've lost four on the bounce. I feel like we would have gone there and got a result. And then in two weeks' time, we play Wigan and uh, Wickham sorry, at home, who are in mixed form just outside the playoffs. So you, you kind of feel like we could have maybe scoured another six points there. And it feels like we're, we could go on a run. The remainder of October is is Port Vale away and Blackpool away. So there's opportunities here, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think it's been a better start than I thought. Um, I think my prediction was, you know, bottom half, um, mid-table, bottom half. Um, so no, but we're doing well. But again, without wanting to put a negative spin on it, I, I think the wheels are going to come off slightly in January because, again, we know that JTH is going to be sold. Edwards is going to go, so they're two. Not, not our Edwards, Sam. As far as I'm aware, you're not. Going no, to no, I hope not. I hope not. Um, right. Although it might give me a better chance of winning the award, but um, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's we, we, go, we are going to lose them too, and that's why I still don't understand. And no, I think I got a bit of shit for saying it, but I don't understand why we're playing. Maybe that mother windowsill, whatever his name is, um, when he comes back in or when he's fit. Um, he needs to be starting, doesn't he? And Malik oh, Windowsill. Yes, yeah. That's it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just feel like we're, we're getting this kind of team going and the fluidity up. Got it right this time. Um, nice, nice. Can you remember I did that on a Sky podcast and they called it Fluty? Yes, you yeah. Fluty up on yeah. Sky. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you'd be the first to watch. Um, so yeah, I just feel like I'm yeah, getting slightly excited about it, but then... In January, it's all going to get tits up, so we'll see. I was thinking about this in the shower earlier because I knew that you were going to make this point. So I was thinking about you whilst I was um, I was washing my hair. And I I actually, initially I agreed with you. I don't think, I didn't think JCH should be anywhere near the starting lineup. But do you not think that actually this could be a grace period and a blessing? Because what it's given is it's given a couple of months for those other players like Mothers Hill to get used to the way that Fergie wants to play, to get used to the players around them before you're then expecting them to do it on a match day. Yeah, I understand that slightly. Um, obviously, you know, that it'll be, it'll build a relationship with the players, obviously on the training ground. And that's different to playing, you know, from the crowds, isn't it? So 
it, I'm not saying he should be um, in the stands. Don't get me wrong, but have him on the bench. But for our attacking place, still seems to, you know, be built around him. And Mother's, what's his name? Can we call, what's his name? Just so I can stop saying it. What's his name? Mother's Hill. What's his first name? Malik. Malik. And he's, well, he looks to be, from the clips I've seen, a completely different type of player to JCA. So um, I just don't see the sense in building around JCH when it comes to our attacking play, him leaving um, in January, and then we're basically starting again, aren't we? It's... Yeah, I suppose. I mean, maybe it would be nice to see Malik get. I know he's he's trying to get back up to fitness, but maybe he'll get a few starts between now and and January, and they'll start that transition period. One thing I did want to speak to you guys about with JCH was Brovers <laughs> or Bristol Rovers. Delete is applicable because he didn't turn up in that game, and I'm not for one second accusing him of being unprofessional or. But he was wandering in that game, wasn't he? I mean, he was really poor against Brovers. He does that a lot. I think that you can watch him for games and he does very little. Um, he's blessed in the in the finishing department, isn't he? If it does come to him at the right time, he, he will put it away. But if if the service isn't there, he's not a player who's going to make a chance, is he? Um, you know how like Macau Smith used to do when he'd make players make mistakes. He's not one of them. So unless that service is bang on. He, again, he's not really one who's going to make a run as such. He's got to be there for him on a play. Don't get me wrong, if it is, he'll put it away. But I think, um, yeah, he might be looking a little bit too far into that. There's a few games this season he's done the exact same. Yeah, fair enough. It does bring us to the end of September, which means it is time for us to nominate our Ivan Tony Award uh, for September. So uh, get your bets in for this one. Uh, who are we going for as our uh, Tony Award winner for September, Mr. Sam Edwards? I am really not sure. Uh, <laughs> um, Good. I'm, you yeah, could Garrett's go. His hand in the air. Do you need a weed, Jared, or have you got a. No, I was just going to chip in with Archie Collins. Nice. Nice. Okay, Sam. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, maybe Adjaboy is a good shout, but then obviously we're talking about September and he scored one of the goals in October. I was thinking Edwards because we had a couple of clean sheets, obviously one against Cheltenham and he scored his first goal. But again, forgetting that the Carlisle game was in October. Um, I've not got a clue who I'm going to go for, to be honest. So this is really captivating content. I'm going to let's <laughs> let's go for. Um, can I say Collins as well, or is that just bad form? It's not bad form. Maybe predictable at best. Uh, that you'd agree with Jared. There's form there <laughs> in terms of agreeing with with Farmer. So yeah, potentially. Uh, Who are you saying? What are you saying? All right, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Edwards is a good shout. Uh, I think um, Burroughs deserves a shout because he's been getting a lot of criticism and he's been reliable enough in September. I feel like he's he's been the versatile player that we needed. I will, without a doubt, always stand up for Hector. I think he's been incredible this season. But... Yeah, it's hard to disagree with, with what Jared says because Collins is not necessarily the first name that springs to mind. But I don't feel like when you hear it, you can go, no, because he's he kind of does that dirty job that nobody really wants to do. He just sort of goes about his business. But he's been a key part, hasn't he? And we saw that actually when de Havilland came in, who I thought played really well, but instantly lost his place back to um, Hector again because that Hector and, and Collins partnership seems to be working working really, really well. So I'm, I'm not opposed to it being uh, Archie Collins. If, if that's who you vote, Sam, then that, you know, that makes I've it Collins by default. I've just noticed him a lot more recently. Um, he seems to be, you know, I know he's one of them players who does the stuff that no one else wants to do, but he seems to be getting involved a little bit more. Um, so I've been, yeah, I've been quite impressed with him. But no, you make a good point with Kipriani. He's been, he's been excellent, hasn't he? I think he's been reliable. I also think Fergie deserves a shout for September. I mean, he had, he's had issues with the Cups game. We can't really forget that. But I feel like he's adapting to this squad a lot better. So we can give it to a manager. I don't know. Um, but I'm happy I mean, to you're go host with the, You're host of the season, Tim. I, I, I don't know why I remember that. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so surely you can, yeah, you can just do what you like through this season. If you want to give it to Fergie, you give it to Fergie. You want to give it to Skip Man? 
I mean, I can't do what I like because I'm getting picked up on calling Bristol Rovers Brovers. So stop doing it then. I yeah, I like mean, there's... you can do what you like within within reason, and that is so far out of reason. Okay, fine. No, let's say Archie Collins. I don't think many people would would disagree with that. There's a few that we've mentioned there that are, are notable mentions as well. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like Archie Collins deserves the Ivan Tony Award for September. Uh, congratulations, Archie. Uh, and also, just need to mention the Yellow Brock. Yellow Block Prediction League uh, on social media that we use. First time I mentioned that this season, and that's because a certain host of the season has made it into the top 10 for the first time. Uh, as it stands, uh, squadron leader Jetwash is uh, far out in front with 12 points, followed by uh, Josh Mackey, Kyle Irving in second and third, respectively, both with nine points, and David Dilloway, Dell, and Seamus Walker on eight points. Uh, Milan, Dan, and Emerald Posh make up the top 10 alongside, what's that say? Uh, oh, Tim, he makes up the top 10 as well. So, uh, yeah, first time I've made it into that. Proud of myself there. Um, mid-table in the fancy football league, though, which uh, which is pointless conversation because neither of you two do it. So, because we're adults. Because you're adults. So, yeah. Are you playing the new fee for you, Jared? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, we've got a voice message in from Emerald Posh Pay Self. I've not listened to this, but I'm guessing it will be some hypothetical situation we need to decide on. Uh, apologies to Emerald Posh. We missed this on last week's episode. Uh, let me just load this up. Bear with. Hello, Yellow Block. It's Emerald Posh. Today I'm trying to work out who would get more drunk between an elephant and a hippo. So if you gave them both an unlimited amount of alcohol. Which one of them is passing out first? Who's getting more drunk between an elephant and a hippo? Now, Jared, you work nights in Spalding. Um, who gets more drunk out of the uh, elephants or hippos? <laughs> no, I'll just take on a whole town. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would say um, I reckon the elephant's got a bigger tank. So I think the hippo yeah. would be, hippo would be on his back quicker. He, the elephant can store it in its trunk as well, can't it? So it can, do you know what I mean? Whereas a, a, rhino, a hippo, even a rhino, rhino isn't even in this conversation. A hippo doesn't have that. It feels like uh, it feels like one of those questions that like are famed at high-ranking universities or like high-ranking jobs when they ask you just ridiculous things. I'm, I'm, I, rec- I reckon the hippo is going to outlast the elephant because the hippo can just lie in, you know, just lie in its own filth and lie in its water, whereas the elephant actually has to hold its own body weight so Ooh, Sam hippo. taking a holistic view to the elephant and the hippo drinking there um, yeah see Jared you're getting stuck in the biology of who can handle the most alcohol got to think about these things uh, but I'm actually I'm with you Jared I think an elephant with an elephant pound for pound is bigger than a hippo surely I just love that we have to justify doing this podcast like staying away from our families you know having a <laughs> He's got an image of them listening in and we're talking about hippos and elephants. And <laughs> I've missed my child growing up for this. Said, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> She's not allowed in the kitchen to make a bottle one and doing this because it's important. <laughs> child starving, waiting for milk because he's not allowed in the kitchen to make a formula. <laughs> Highbrow debate. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate you giving up your time, lads. It's uh, I mean, Emerald Potter, I can't. I mean, I think hippo is what we... Uh, sorry, elephant is what we collectively decided on, but Sam Edwards is opposed to that. Emerald Posh, on Patreon, I listened to an episode, um, and he had a, another, I know we can't really mention it, but am I dreaming now, or did he have an, was it him, or someone come in with a different kind of voice now? About, uh, it's basically like a table, but of something else. Did you listen to that, Tim? No. No, well, well I'll let Danny put it in after then. A table? It was basically who's the most um, well-endowed yellow block presenter. Oh, who won? Tim, uh, Sam, I think. Oh, was it Sam or Nathan? Yeah, no, Sam Nathan. that wasn't Emerald Posh. That was me. That was when we first got SpeakPipe. I sent that voice clip in to Danny, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Danny, can I you mean, edit that in? Can you add that to this episode, please? <laughs> I remember. That was me. I can't remember who I said, though. What, who did I, I had a voice to start. He didn't sound nothing like you. <laughs> I was um what was that name for the Bridgewater conversation, Sam? Um something pigeon. Yeah, ginger pigeon. pigeon. Can't remember. Yeah. Ginger pigeon. I was ginger, ginger, ginger pigeon. pigeon alter ego. Yeah. In completely um, unrelated news. How are our listening figures at the moment? Uh producer Danny unfortunately is absent from the conversation, so I don't know. I believe I'm sure they're, I'm sure I they're be- shooting up. 
Well, I believe the entire the enticing title of "What Time Does Sam Edwards Wake Up in the Morning" probably got us good figures. Uh, I would say, but I don't know. Disagree. Hard oh, disagree. It's, it's weird. I actually think they'll be low because it's hard to get excited about what's happening at the club. There's nothing happening off the pitch, is there? It's all just games that we're talking about. Um, you say Danny normally pipes up if they're, if they're slipping. You normally hear from him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, Danny, when you're editing this and you, you get to this part of the conversation, uh, firstly, we miss you. Uh, secondly, thank you for all you do. Uh, thirdly, could you let us know how our listener figures are? Thank you. Do, do, do you think, chaps, do, it feels like, you know, as you said earlier, I think, Tim, if we were fourth in the league at this stage of the season, we'd be, yeah, you know, really, really happy. Does it feel like a bit of apathy because we know what's churning in the background because of all the pre-season chat, because of just how the last couple of years have gone? I don't, I don't know. Is that, I think it's also is that, that why you two feel like that? Because... So I think that's definitely affected my mindset and the posture at the minute is because you, you think, hang on, just, what is going to happen around the corner? So the on-field stuff is slightly less exciting, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah, I'm just finding it all really unexciting. And I don't know why, because we're playing relatively good football. Certainly, we've certainly played worse. We're on a decent run. We're into the playoffs in a league that, let's face it, is garbage compared to last year. So... We should be absolutely buzzing. And I, I feel like we're about to go on a really good run. I feel like somebody is about to be on the end of an absolute pasting to us, whether that be Wickham or whoever. I feel like we're going to turn over a team 5-6-0. But it's really hard to get excited about everything at the minute. I, I don't know why. I'm not sure why that yeah, is. Because I, I was just thinking, like, six games unbeaten, I'm sure that's the best we did in the whole of last season. Mm. We've already hit it now. And yet... As I said, the general sort of feeling isn't necessarily one of it'd be stupid to be one of hysteria in October, right? Either way, but, yeah, but we do just, normally get just, carried away, don't we? As a fan base, <laughs> yeah. we do, we do though, don't we? But normally now we'd be like, that's it, we're going up. This is the best team we've ever had, and all that kind of stuff. It feel it just feels like treading water a bit. Hundred percent. Yeah, Danny, I'd be interested to find if you can find a way to keep that bit of the conversation in because I do think that that's quite interesting. It does feel like that. And it, it feels like that on the socials as well. It doesn't feel like it's just us. It feels like the whole fan base is just a bit flat. I don't know why. Is it because they put our expectations lower? But then you'd think that would make it more exciting when we overachieve, wouldn't you, rather than taking the excitement out of it? I don't know. Maybe we're just trained to not trust what's happening at the club now, potentially. I don't know. Jared looked like he had something interesting to say, but now he's... I was about to say, normally I'm like really over the top positive, aren't I? Um, the last few seasons, even when we was getting absolutely hammered in the championship, I was. But yeah, just um, just something doesn't feel right, doesn't it? Mm, no, I completely agree. Uh, just remember as well, you can also leave us a voice message to be played on the show. Just head over to speakpipe.com forward slash the yellow block and you can record a voice note up to 90 seconds. Uh, time to revisit the yellow block's greatest 11 again. Uh Right back, Sam, just giving you a bit of a uh, 30-second warning there. Um, we did this during lockdown, uh, released loads of extra episodes to give you guys something to listen to. Uh, since then, we've gained three hosts in the form of Dan, Sam and Nathan. So over the course of the season, we're going to get their thoughts and then settle on a greatest 11 once and for all. Just a reminder, this is the greatest 11 that we've seen play. Sin play, sorry, because I always get picked up on that. Um, Greatest eleven that we have witnessed play firsthand, so it can't just be the greatest eleven. Uh, going on to right back, then currently this is Mark Little. Uh, Sam, would you select anyone different, or were you happy with our lockdown choice? Initially, that's the name that stands out straight away, and I was thinking, is there anyone who even comes close, as you say, that I've seen to to rivaling that? And I thought, um, Oh yeah, Craig Alcock did a good shift at right, but no, I, I I'm being disrespectful there. Actually, Craig Alcock was a solid seven out of ten each right, week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, awful to interview. Fifty like ten second clips every time. Like honestly, you had to stitch about three of them together to make a reasonable answer. Why um, just gave you like one word answers? You mean? Or I've always wanted to ask you, Sam, who's like the most awkward interview you've done, or just a, you know when you get footballers who are clear and they obviously won't go in, but clearly have zero personality, and you just think this is pointless. It was, I mean, Alcock was really like happy and would speak and was really engaging in terms of like his body language and his smiling, but would just give you cliche after cliche after yeah. cliche. Um, I have to come back on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll text you when I've had a bit of thought or we can, we can bring it back <laughs> to another one. 
Right back, Sam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought, who who could come close? And I suddenly thought, what about Russell Martin? Because he had such a good career after Posh, and you think he, he could do a good shift. Um, so he was coming close, but I can't, I, I just can't see anyone past Mark Little. I mean, for the MK penalty in the semi-final alone, even if he was appalling in all the other games he played, but for the number of games he played, for the for the work rate, I mean, he was just so key, wasn't he, to that amazing diamond formation that we played in those seasons because he could just cover the whole right side of the pitch on his own and therefore you could have quite a, a narrow right-sided midfielder and, and Little would count for two players. So got to be Mark Little for me. He was the last player of that generation, don't you think? Because if you put him in a modern right wing back position, I don't think he would he would be anywhere near as good. He was a, he was a right back. I get what you mean about he covered the entire flank, but his crossing wasn't great. He wasn't a right wing back, was he? He was a right back all day long. He, he wouldn't fit in a modern football team, I don't think. Yeah, I don't remember him for his for his crossing ability, um, but you remember him for his energy, for his work rate, for his pace, for his just sheer desire. And I think that counts for quite a lot in a position like that. Yeah. I remember trying to get Russell Martin into the greatest level because he was a fantastic footballer. And he's really good for us as well. But I think Mark Little, he had more memorable moments, didn't he? Far more. He, well, Russell Martin, and I remember this debate first time around, Russell Martin can go uh, as centre-back instead of Zakawani for me. But uh, yeah, we'll come on to that when we do centre-backs with... Oh, I've got a nod there from Sam. I wasn't expecting that, Sam. I thought you'd be... Viverously, yes, yes, one uh, defending Mr. Zakarani. It's it's not that I don't think Zakarani should or would be in there. It was more just a Russell Martin centre back. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'd have him on that right right side centre back. I think he would. Uh, I think he'd do all right. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who have uh, engaged with the pod on social media. We'll be back in the week to preview the Wickham game. We've got this two-week unscheduled break now. Uh, Wickham uh, home on Saturday the 21st. We will be previewing that one with Dan. Follow us on the socials or visit our website www.yellowblock.co.uk Thank you fellas and up the posh. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.